We get that when it comes to things like finances. We understand that. I say no to this now. I can save up and say yes to the better version of that in the future. Cars are an easy example of that. I can buy the clunker now, or I can continue to save up for six months or a year or longer, and then I can buy the more dependable, safer, and let's be honest, bump to the ego version of that clunker later on. Or retirement. Isn't really that what retirement funds are? Saying no to spending money now so that added up over time with the miracle of compound interest, you can say no to working down the road. A sacrifice bunt in baseball. What is that? That's when the batter holds the bat out there and puts the ball in play, making it fairly simple for the defense to get the batter out at first base, but allows another runner to advance easily to another base. The runner, the batter, knows that he is probably not going to get on base, but he is sacrificing his possibility of getting a hit, his possibility of hitting a home run, his possibility of being the hero so that someone else on the team can advance and be more likely to score. He's putting his team in a better position to win. It's a sacrifice. Many times uh, a sacrifice can be said this way, no now, but not forever. No now, but not forever. We understand this idea of sacrifice in worldly terms. The idea that it is no now, but it pays off later. But I think sometimes we lose sight of that when it comes to God and his kingdom, living in God's rule. We tend to lose sight of the better future and only focus on the now. What are we having to give up now for God? We understand sacrifice in other terms is no for now, but yes in the future. But we look at our sacrificing for God, and we want the no for now and the payoff all at the same time. You know, like, come on, God, when are you going to bless me? Come on, God, when is this going to pay off? Come on, God, I keep doing what's right, and -and so-and-so is lying and a lying and cheating dog, and things always seem to be right for him or for her. It's like it's not even worth it to do this, God. Come on, God, I want it now. I want my payoff now. We don't expect our retirement fund to be ready overnight. We don't expect the garden to grow overnight. We don't expect the runner to score on our sacrifice bunt. But for some reason, when it comes to God, we turn into children and expect any sacrifice to God to pay off instantly. Sacrifices are investments, and investments pay off over time. Well, guess what? Did you know that Jesus dealt with this in his time as well? Because why? Yeah, that's right. He was surrounded by a bunch of human beings, and human beings haven't changed. We are dropping in today in our scripture that we're looking at right smack dab in the middle of the most famous sermon ever preached, the Sermon on the Mount. And we are going to look at a wide section of that sermon and pull out a deep truth that's underwriting this section without going deep into the details of the actual things being talked about in this section of the Sermon on the Mount. We will stay kind of on the surface for the details today. The Sermon on the Mount is, in Matthew, goes from chapter 5 through chapter 7. And if you have a red-letter copy of the Scriptures, then you will notice that after Matthew states where they are located in the beginning of chapter 5, then from then on, chapter 5, chapter 6, chapter 7, surrounded by people up on a mountainside, the rest of those chapters 
are in red letters because it's all words from Jesus. And he probably gives this sermon numerous times throughout his three-year ministry, but it's recorded here for us, documented here for us in the Gospel of Matthew. And the truths that Jesus dropped about the kingdom of God or living God's ways are truths that we still wrestle with how to live out to this day. It's the beginning of the shift in humanity. So we're dropping right in in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 6. If you can read along with me. Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of people to be seen by them. Otherwise, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So whenever you give to the poor, don't sound a trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets, to be applauded by the people. I assure you, they've got their reward. But when you give to the poor, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Whenever you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, because they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by people. I assure you, they've got their reward. But when you pray, go into your private room, shut your door, and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. When you pray, don't babble like the idolaters, since they imagine they'll be heard for their many words. Don't be like them, because your Father knows the things you need before you ask Him. Therefore, you should pray like this. Our Father in heaven, your name be honored as holy. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not bring us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. For if you forgive people their wrongdoing, your heavenly Father will forgive you as well. But if you don't forgive people, your Father will not forgive your wrongdoing. Whenever you fast, don't be sad-faced like the hypocrites, for they make their faces unattractive, so their fasting is obvious to people. I assure you, they've got their reward. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that you don't show your fasting to people but to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Don't collect for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But collect for yourselves treasure in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves don't break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. So if the light within you is darkness, how deep is that darkness? In verse 24, no one can be a slave of two masters, since either he will hate one and love the other, or be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot be slaves of God and of money. Man, a lot going on here. A lot. But make sure you keep this overall context of truth behind the subjects here. These subjects that are being talked about. The overall context. Jesus is talking about the heart. He's talking about the motivation behind the actions when dealing with these different subjects that he's talking about. Not the actual morality of the actions themselves, so to speak. You see, Jesus uses three religious acts that the Jewish people would have easily recognized as things that they had been taught by the Pharisees as important ways to reach and impress God with their righteousness. And he turns it on his head for what it actually should be. See, from the beginning, Jesus was the author and friend of truth and authenticity. 
He is the enemy of falsehood and hypocrisy. The point behind the truths Jesus lays out here on giving, prayer, fasting, and money in this section is all under the context of verse 1 in chapter 6. Jesus had already talked about the deeper morality and meaning with many different subjects in chapter 5 and talked about the importance of proper righteousness. And, that's, and the statement that's in verse 1 ties those things in chapter 5 with even more truths in chapter 6. He says there in verse 1, Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of people to be seen by them. Otherwise, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. Jesus is not condemning the public acts of giving, prayer, or fasting. He condemned public acts of giving, prayer, and fasting for the sake of making them public acts. He's condemning doing these things for attention to self. He is condemning doing these things for self-righteousness' sake. And why? Because doing things with the wrong heart does not pay off in the end. They are not rewarded by God, the ultimate eternal payoff. So, almsgiving, your translation may say, or giving to those in need, a sacrifice. Jesus says, hey, this is a good thing. You know, it's a good thing, but if you think you can give enough to be righteous enough that you don't need God, well, that's not going to happen. So instead of making your giving a big deal about you, trust God to reward you in his way, in his timing, and just do what needs to be done without a bunch of public fanfare. Trust that your sacrifice is an investment with God. Remember, Jesus is not condemning public giving. If giving publicly is done to raise awareness or to cause others to give more and or gives glory to God, then Jesus would say, yeah, go ahead give publicly. But if public giving is about, hey, look at me, then he says, that's not a sacrifice. It's not an investment. And the only payoff you're going to get is whatever worldly, temporary one given to you by man. Then he says, when you pray, don't be the guy standing on the corner on his stand praying for all to see, only so that they see him. They, the hypocrites, want prominence. They want to be important. They want to be somebody in the world. They want you to think that they are special because of this big, fancy prayer that they're giving. And Jesus says, trust me, or I assure you, people's temporary awe for them is all they get for those prayers. But you pray to God for the right reasons and let him answer your prayers Instead, And don't think that you have to repeat certain phrases or always include certain things for me to hear you or for me to listen. Just pray from the heart through the power given to you by the faith and trust in Jesus and being reborn by my spirit. And trust me to change your heart and that doing things the right way will pay off. Just trust me that that is the truth. Or trust me that you will be rewarded for me in my timing. Then ironically... And sadly, Jesus gives an example of a simple prayer from the heart about things that matter. And it has become the most mindless, rote, memorization, publicly repeated prayer of all time. Again, there's nothing wrong with repeating this prayer, but not just for the sake of repeating it or rattling it off as if it's some kind of magic prayer that has some type of magic 
in it. Your prayers are a sacrifice to God, and sacrifices are investments, things that will pay off later. Then he jumps to fasting. He jumps to fasting, and he says, when you fast, not if you fast, but when you fast, assuming his followers would fast from time to time, don't do it like them. They make a big public show about it, so you will know how much they are sacrificing to God. And trust me, you looking at them like they are special is all the reward they're going to get for that. But you, when you fast, just go about things as regularly and as normally as you possibly can. And trust that God will reward you even though nobody knows that you are sacrificing for me. That's what God says about fasting. And so I ask you, have you ever fasted? If you've ever fasted, then you know the truth about what I'm about to say. You know what you want to do more than anything. You want to know what one of the hardest things to do or to not do whenever you're fasting is? Not telling people that you're fasting. It's like, hey, I'm dying over here with no food. Can't you tell? Like, pat me on the back. Pat me on the back. Give me some admiration for my sacrifice. God says, hey, come on. You trust me or not? The last half of verse 18, as it has in every other section on these things, says, and your father who sees in secret will reward you. Not might, not maybe, not sometimes. No, will reward, will reward. And then he gets on money. And Jesus gives us a simple truth about money and possessions in this world. And that is, they can all disappear in an instant. So don't put your trust in them. Use them for what they are. They're tools. Not security. Not salvation. They won't save you. They can't save you. That is only found with God and God alone. So be generous with your money and possessions. That's the good eye and the bad eye analogy towards the end of our reading today. A good eye represented a generous attitude. And a bad eye was a stingy attitude. And how deep is the darkness inside someone who is stingy, Jesus says. When push comes to shove, are you going to obey God or are you going to obey money? And sacrifices are an investment. See, God's way of life, his kingdom, it's simple. Not easy, but simple. It's based on one maxim, really. Trust God's ways are the best ways for you and for all people. Whatever brings about the ultimate best for you and all peoples, that is what God desires. That's what following his ways brings about. So if God asks you to sacrifice, trust that it is best. Trust that it will pay off. Trust in his reward, in his way, in his timing. Be generous. Be passionate about God's ways, knowing that everything rewarded in this life is a temporary reward but everything rewarded by God is eternally rewarded sacrifices now are investments towards eternal rewards sacrifices now are investments towards eternal rewards so what are you going through right now what are you going through right now that has you thinking come on God where are you are you coming you're going to show up? Are you going to do something? God, where's my blessing? God, where's my reward? When am I going to get better? 
When are you going to heal him? When are you going to heal her? When are you going to give me a better job? When are you going to take this virus away? When are you going to send me the right man? Or when are you going to send me the right woman? When, God? I just want to challenge you today to renew your thinking when it comes to sacrificing for God. Renew your thinking. Think more along the lines of, God, thank you that anything I give to you, anything I do for you, every time I have faith in you, every time I obey you and do what's right, you take those sacrifices and put them in my eternal investment account and let the compound interest build for eternity. Thank you that you reward eternally in public what is done in temporary, privately for you now. God, thank you that you are just and one day will make all things right. And thank you that you are merciful and hold back what I deserve for so often falling short of doing what's best for others and for not trusting you. Think of our sacrifices for God for what they are. They are an investment. They are an investment in God's kingdom. And they are an investment in rewards that God will give you eternally forever. It's not the ticket into heaven, but it's the full enjoyment of heaven. Sacrifices are investments that are rewarded eternally. So what is it that God's calling you to sacrifice for now? What is he calling you to do now? Is Is it doing the right thing at work right now that you know is going to cause a little bit of angst? Is it doing the right thing at work that you know that you may get made fun of? Is it doing the right thing at work right now that you know that you may get shunned, publicly shunned for doing that right now? Is, it, is there a relationship that you need to restore and it's going to cost you your ego in order to do that? Are you going to have to say you're sorry? Are you going to have to say you were wrong? Are you going to have to sacrifice something for yourself so that it makes something better for someone else? What is it that God's calling you to do? Is it some of your time? Is it some of your, some of your energy? Is it some of your money? What is God asking you to invest into his kingdom? And do you trust him to pay off like he says he will? He says that he will reward. He will reward. Not that he might reward. He will reward. Everything done for God with the right heart and the right motivation will be rewarded by your Father, your Father in heaven, whether done publicly or done secretly. He sees all. He knows all. All he wants you to do is to want him. And all he wants you to do is to want the things of him. And the things of God are the things that are best for you and best for those around you. Best for everyone that you're ever going to come in contact. And God just wants us to trust that truth with our life. He wants us to trust that he truly does love us enough to give us the best gifts that he could give us. When will that pay off? That I cannot tell you. That I do not know. God knows. God knows in his timing when and what is best for you and when and what is best for me. But he says that whether it's in this physical life or after this physical life or both, he will reward all things done in his name for the right reasons. So we don't have to make a big public show about it, and we don't have to be somebody in the world, and we don't have to be prominent, and we don't have to have big fancy prayers, and we don't have to know the right things to say. We just have to share our heart with God and share our blessings that God's given us with others. Give to the needy. Pray to God from the heart. 
Trust that God is your salvation, not your money and your possessions. And when you sacrifice something for God, or when you fast, when you give up something so you can focus more on God, trust that he sees, he knows, and that he will reward that done with the right motivation, the right heart in his name. He will reward it now and or forever. And that's something that's worth sacrificing for. Anything that we sacrifice for in worldly terms is only a temporary payoff, but anything we sacrifice for for God is eternally paid off by the one who will never go back on his word, the one who has given promises and never gone back on a single one and never will because this is against his nature. So we want to accomplish the mission of this church. We want to connect sincere people to sincere faith in Jesus so that we can bring eternal healing now to all and we want to do that by being sincere being real notice the notice the sincerity that's required in all of these things that jesus is talking about and we want to do that by serving by being useful for another for god's name and we want to do that by sacrificing and when we sacrifice we want to be passionate about the things of god we want to be generous in our sacrifices and then next week we'll talk about being uncomfortable in our sacrifices for God. So just remember that. Whatever you're going through, when you're doing it, when you're doing the right thing for God, He sees, He knows, and He promises you that He will pay it off eventually in His timing when it's best. You just have to trust in that. Trust in that truth. Be, be soothed in that truth. And let God's, let God's character just wash over you regardless of how difficult something may be, go, may be that you're going through right now. I'm going to pray for us, um, and then we will be dismissed. And uh, again, look for the uh, worship time to be coming out here on Facebook really soon. Uh, we'll figure out uh, what, went, what went wrong uh, that didn't go wrong in our test, and uh, we'll get that posted for you real soon. We thank you, and we love you, and, uh, and we'll see you again soon. Again, This coming week is Easter. Be looking for uh, scriptures coming out this week on Facebook that will uh, walk you through the Holy Week all the way up until uh, Sunday Easter morning. So if you you don't have a devotion going right now, we'll provide that for you for this week, uh, preparing for Easter. We love you, and I'm going to pray, and then we'll be dismissed. God, thank you for this day. Thank you for this time together. Thank you that, uh, Lord, even as technology fails, all we need is your word. All the rest of it, God, is just uh, dressing that up. Your word is what matters, uh, and, and you are what matters. Lord, I pray that we would have a desire uh, for you and a desire for the things uh, that you have a desire for. And I pray that we would always view what you're calling us to do uh, as what it is. It's an investment into your kingdom, God, that no sacrifice we make during this life on this earth will go void or unreturned by you and just let us hold on to that truth and know that um, that you hold it all together and that you're working it all for your good and um, that we will be able to enjoy those rewards uh, forever with you we thank you god and we love you and we thank you for jesus and we thank you for what we get to celebrate this coming sunday but that we get to celebrate it every day and every Sunday and every time we come together, that you love us so much that you sent your son 
to reconcile us back to you, God, to pay the price for sin and to defeat death so that we could, we could be with you forever, God. And I pray that we would just trust in that and that we would live our lives uh, in that truth in a way that honors and glorifies you. And we thank you and we love you today. We pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen.